Welcome to the FootballCoachesCorner.com podcast, where football coaches come to collaborate. On today's podcast, we welcome in Mike Tucker, who is the head athletic performance coach at Villanova University Football. This is Mark Holcomb of the Football Coaches Corner Podcast. Coach Tucker, welcome to the podcast. Coach Holcomb, thanks for having me. Appreciate uh, you having me on today. Yeah, we are we're excited to have you on and looking forward to uh, the information you can share with our listeners. You know, uh, this is a little bit of a different topic, but, you know, all of us football coaches that are, that are on here listening, obviously strength and condition is something that's, you know, near and dear to our heart, and we realize uh, how important it is. You know, not, not only from a performance standpoint, but also a, uh, you know, making sure we keep kids safe, too. So uh, if you don't mind, Coach, tell us a little bit about uh, your career to this point. Yeah, sure. So um, like you mentioned, I'm the head strength coach for Villanova football uh, going into my third season here. Prior to that, I was at San Jose State working primarily with as an assistant football strength coach as well as head for baseball, women's basketball, women's volleyball. Uh, I also got my master's during my time there. Uh, prior to that, I was at Clemson University working with baseball and track and field primarily. Uh, pre- prior to that, I was at Kutztown University as the head strength coach and D-line coach. So I was kind of doing both there for a couple of years, um, which is a D2 school in Pennsylvania. Uh, prior to that, I was at North Dakota State uh, as a paid intern um, working in their weight room. And then uh, I played and coached at Holy Cross, uh, an FCS school in Massachusetts. So been blessed to be all over the country and work under some really, really good people. So I'm um, really excited about being kind of back in the area where I grew up as well at Villanova. So. Well, that's neat. Just a couple places you mentioned there. I mean, North Dakota State obviously has uh, really, really come onto the scene here football-wise recently. And, and it's nice to to hear the different, the different backgrounds that you have. You know, obviously being in high school, uh, you know, we you mentioned baseball in there. You mentioned football in there. You know, we've got a lot of kids that are uh, – We've got about a thousand kids in our school, but a lot of kids that play, you know, baseball, basketball, football. So uh, I think it's, uh, you know, this could be a really good thing for for those guys to listen to too, just to you know hear the difference. I think, uh, you know, the different sports, uh, you know, the training that you feel like each one of those things. So uh, you know, you and I were talking a little bit uh, before, uh, you, you know, we started recording about re- returning to practice. You know, and uh, I think a lot of coaches are in the same exact boat you know we were fortunate today uh for our have our first practice and our workout after uh really to be honest i guess march 13th was the last time we uh spent time in our weight room and saw our kids so uh for those coaches who were out there listening what are your uh what are your recommendations you think for you know jumping right back into this uh after that such of a long layoff Yeah, so um, let me preface this, excuse me, let me preface this in saying this is probably the most important topic as we return from this very uncertain time of COVID, right? Um, And it also has the potential to be the most butchered topic by coaches around the country at every level. Um, So when we look at, you know, what our kids have done at home versus the first week or two of workouts, right? We are trying to actively bridge the gap from the couch to sport. And we have a shortened time frame to do it. And then now we have – so we have a shortened time frame. We have unprepared athletes. And then we throw in the fact that we have anxious coaches because we're all a little anxious to get back, right? And we all want to be oh, in no quote, quote, shape. 
So this is a recipe for disaster potentially if the process isn't adhered to properly. Um, so as we return, right, slow cooking is the goal, okay? These guys are not in the same shape they were when you left them. You are doing mm. a disservice. <laughs> you're doing a disservice to the athletes if you're going to test them and say, okay, let's see who was working over break, all right? Because we normally have a bell curve for our training, right? Some guys think it's really easy. Some guys think it's really hard. And everybody else kind of falls in the middle. Well, what's the curve at now? Okay, there's going to be a lot more guys on the training is very difficult end of the spectrum right now. They haven't been exposed to the weight room. They haven't been exposed to their coaching staff. It it is a very, very delicate time for athletes returning. So if we look throughout history, right, um, we have to learn from history. So the 2011 NFL lockout, there was previously um, in the NFL, there's there's a study out previously in like over the course of seven years in the NFL, there was five Achilles on average over the course of the entire season. And the year of the NFL lockout, right, we were locked out from March through August, and then they started up training camp a couple days after the lockout ended. Well, that year there was 12 Achilles in the first two weeks. So we talk about ramping up load too quickly and accumulating load too fast because coaches are anxious, right? And you always hear, oh, but we need the reps, right? That's, That's a cardinal sin, right? So there's there's a proper scientific way to accumulate load, and if we jump back in too quickly as coaches, we're definitely doing a disservice to the athletes. So I want to make sure those, that point was uh, brought up and and, and made pretty clear. You know, just it's it's kind of funny that you say that because uh, you know last last week on my podcast I talked about you know kind of our plan about what we were going to do. We got got back to practice and see uh, our state still not allowing us to go into the weight room. You know, outside where we can have 25 kids and are in a pod, uh, inside in North Carolina, you're still, you know, it, our gyms are not open yet. So obviously mm-hmm. our school's not going to open our weight room up yet. But, um, you know, our kids, uh, and basically I can kind of tell you what we did with our kids, uh, the last couple of months. We basically did a 12 week body work workout. Yep. I mean, we sent stuff to them just to, and, and I was trying to explain to them, you know, guys time under tension you know we're talking about things like that now you know you can, mm-hmm. we don't have the weights we don't have the access to those things and a big learning curve is you know usually our middle school is located right right across the street from our high school so usually yep. in the spring we're bringing the middle school kids over and talking to those kids and teaching those kids about how to do the list yep so we're we are really you know behind but i was telling our kids today i said you know guys we're going to get back into this slowly because you know i think i made the same comment you did you know from the couch i said you guys have been playing video games your hands are in great shape right now but <laughs> that's probably that's probably about it so we don't need yeah to, you know we're not going to come out here for an hour and a half and just run like crazy and and do all this crazy stuff we're gonna we're gonna have to get our, our heart rate back up a little bit and try to you know start building things a little bit more and we're gonna work on some of those time under tension you know things but that's a I think you're exactly right because I've heard yeah. you know, some coaches say, "Well, I can't, I can't wait to get the kids back out there. We're going to run, we're going to get in shape." And I'm like, you know, get get in shape for what? I mean, you know, I think things have changed. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just I, I've been doing this for 27 years, and I remember when I first started. You know, we would all line up on a line and we would run and run and run and run. And now it's almost like you're getting a push towards let's let's do a, a quicker workout or a quicker practice at a little bit different pace so that you can kind of 
work yourself into shape, you know, yeah. which I think is a little bit of, of a different thought. So, yeah. yeah and if, really, if you look yeah. at, oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, I'm okay. fine. You, you're, um, yeah. it, I mean, and if you look at the acute to chronic workload, there's tons of research out there in saying, okay, acute workload would be, okay, week, week one. What are you doing week one? And then chronic would be what you've done the last four weeks. So for your, from your perspective with your team, like you said, okay, you're definitely taking it easy, slowly going into things. You should almost be uncomfortable as a coach with um, how little you're doing and how much rest they have because you look at that acute load from that week, if you're working out three or four times, okay, say you accumulate, you know, 5,000 yards. Is that going right. to be a big spike in that workload from that chronic stress? So they say that that window is 0.8 to 1.3 for that acute chronic workload ratio. So when you go outside of that window, if you accumulate volume too fast above 10% per week, right, the, the, the injury rate skyrockets. So, you know, my question would be, do you want your guys healthy? Because guess what happens? Week one, you do too much. Week two, they get hurt. And then they're out week three. Right with with a yep. hammy or adductor strain or or really tight or something, and then now you start the process back over because they're detrained again. So you have to slow cook them throughout this process because it's so necessary, right? To be disciplined as a coach, right? Because we 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 got to understand you do three sets of five in the weight room on squat if your weight room is open in, at a fifty percent or warm up weight. They haven't done that in four months. They're going to be nice, incredibly nice. sore. <laughs> just from something yeah. so menial and trivial like that. So looking at, you know, what they've done previously and how we are implementing this, right? So it shouldn't be more than a, a, a extended warm-up maybe and, you know, one or two very minute rudimentary speed drills at the very beginning. That would be my my recommendation week one, day one. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, it was kind of funny today. I had my, my lineman first, and we, we, we went from 730 to 9, and, you know, today was a lot of paperwork, but we were we were on the field probably, you know, maybe start to finish maybe 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny, you know, we're working stance. That's it. Stance. Yep. And I look around and I'm like, holy cow, man, some of these guys <laughs> have done nothing. So I'm like, all right, we're, you know, guys, relax. And they'll be sore from run. it. <laughs> not, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm thinking tomorrow. And I said, that's what I said to him at the end of practice. I said, now listen, you're going to get sore. You're going to be sore tomorrow. Don't, you know, don't wake up and go, oh, I got to take the day off. And I said, you know, we're not going to push you. We're, we're going to listen to you and kind of, you know, you gauge, we're going to gauge off what you can do based on how we're going to work back into this thing. Because, I mean, let's be honest, we're, we're probably, you know, our first game was scheduled for, I think, the, the, the 21st of, of our, somewhere around there of August. We're probably not looking at that date. You know, we're probably looking at maybe September. So I think we, we have a little bit more time than we feel like too. And I think as coaches, we panic. We just worry about, I got to get these guys in shape. I got to do this. I got to do that. And like you said, we end up doing more damage. Yep. And we have athletes that can't perform or athletes that are hurt mm-hmm. and restart that button again. You're exactly right. Would, great would you rather have the healthiest team come week three or the fittest team? With a little more injuries, right? You'd ever you'd rather underestimate this volume and intensity equation by a mile than overestimate yeah. by an inch, because guess who's going to get hurt? Your top athletes. Yep, yep, and 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 that's one, you know, and getting into that. And I know this is a whole topic for another day, but you know, you start talking about practice just in a regular season. You know, the practice, the the team with the the players that are healthy on Friday are the ones that are going to be the best. You can have, you know, you can you can beat and bang and knock each other out all week and say, man, we're tough now. 
and I'm missing four starters Friday night. Yeah, at what cost? At what cost? Go ahead and be the toughest team with four starters out. Feel free. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so slow, slow, like you're saying, return to those workouts, slow. Uncomfortably slow. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard to, you know. It was just a little bit different today because, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're not on a period clock. We're not going yep. fast, going fast. And you're like, all right, guys, go get water. All right, guys, r- relax a little bit. Come back over here. Yeah. We're trying to get, get a few reps out of this, get, you know, so it is, I think it is going to be an adjustment year. That's a, it's a great yep. point. It's going to be an adjustment for the coaches because the kids are, I mean, they're psyched up. They're ready to go. Oh, yeah. yeah. They've been, they've been chomping at the bit for a long time. And now all of a sudden, we're out here. Uh, let's just see how long, how long that lasts, too. You know, so yeah. <laughs> without that. So, uh, and um, uh, one 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 ahead. analogy I'll use to summarize that before we move on to the next topic is something I stole from Kier Wenhamflat is don't burn the cake, right? You can take the cake out of the oven and check on it, you know, periodically. But once it's burned, it's burned. So don't don't throw your athletes into this fire and, and get them burn out and get them hurt. Like it, you'd rather undercook the cakes, so you can put it back in. Yeah, yeah. We were talking as coaches today after after our first workout. We met and, and you know we start. All right, so we're going we're going four days. You know mm-hmm. we're going Monday through Thursday. And so I said, you know, at, at what point? Because I mean, when you really think about it, you know, we're we're under a ninety minute restriction. All right, so you know you get your kids and you do individual work for ninety minutes. That's a lot of time. I mean, you can mm-hmm. really be, you know, I'm happy as an offensive line coach because I get to spend a lot of time on steps and hand placement and all that stuff, you know. But, you know, at what point do we look back and say, okay, guys, we're going to go to three days a week to try to keep keep you guys, number one, fresh, keep this in, in your mind and, and protect your bodies a little bit too, you know, yep. because that's basically what we do during the season. I mean, you know, you can say what you want to, but, you know, with our season, we went – we're we're on the field less than two hours, and we've gone to Monday is pretty light. And you know, I'd love to have you on one day to talk to you about practice schedules because I think you know I, I I'm hearing all these guys that are going to you know no sweat Wednesday or no sweat Thursday, and uh-huh. and I'm really really intrigued by by those things, but I just haven't probably you know got deep enough down that 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 rabbit hole yet to. But I I love the idea because again it goes back to having those guys fresh on game day. Yep. You know, yeah, I'm a big fan of stuff like that. So that we'll have to get yeah. that on for another time. Yeah, that's perfect. Cause I, I, you know, I'm not a track coach, but I go to my track guy and I'm like, and he says, man, we're, we're light today before a meet. And I'm like, golly, here, I, here I am, you know, practicing for an hour and a half the day before a game. That doesn't make sense. You know, so no, I, yeah, we need to get, we need to get on that. <laughs> yeah. We need, we need to get on that. So, yep. yeah. All right. Let's, uh, Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, lifting, I guess, in-season versus out-of-season because, you know, you're working with a football team, so you've, you've got a distinct in-season and out-of-season. I'm working with uh, a football player who plays basketball or wrestles and then turns right back around and runs track and plays yep. baseball. So, you know, uh, kind of try to talk a little bit about the, the happy medium there because, I, I, you know, I know a lot of football coaches are out there going, well, the only reason you're playing – wrestling is to get ready for football well i'm not one of those guys i, I want those guys to enjoy their high school experience mm-hmm. and, and yeah. be healthy that's the main thing 
Yeah, and when you look at, you know, the NFL, the NFL always come out with it every year during the draft. They'll say, oh, X amount of players were a three-sport athlete in high school, and it's always the overwhelming majority, right? And if we we got to expose them to so many different stimuli, and let's be honest, them going and in, in training for basketball is going to be better for their agility, their quickness, their change of direction than your weight room program, right? Because it's more intense. It's practicing a sport, okay? So now we're thinking of total long-term athlete development. I mean, you you got to be playing two or three sports in high school, in, in my opinion, for athletes. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I totally so agree with you. <laughs> Yep. So if we're talking about lifting for those guys, right, we have traditional in-season and out-of-season. I don't necessarily have those multi-sport athletes. Sometimes with football, you get a couple track guys, either throwers or sprinters, um, and, you know, and then your speed work's taking care of you if they're a sprinter. It's like, okay, we'll come in, we'll get a couple lifts in. But a lot of mistake coaches make, uh, especially at the high school level, is, you know, not training in-season or putting it on the way back burner, right? Obviously, in-season, the main thing is winning games, right, whether you're a baseball or basketball player. Okay, but the weight room can be utilized as a tool to enhance that. People utilize, people see it as detrimental to performance when in, in reality it's better for performance. Now your prescription may be detrimental. So, right, everything is, me, medicine can be poison or medicine, depends on the dose, right? So, right, you right. know, you take 10 NyQuil bottles, that's going to be poison. You have one drop, <laughs> it's probably not effective. So when you lift, you know, one set of one exercise once a month in season, that's not going to be effective. And then if you go, you know, let's say twice a week, but you do a 10 by 10 squat workout with a five second eccentric, that's going to crush them. So the dosing yeah. is really what's important. So we focus on uh, a moderate to high intensity, but extremely low volume in season. Okay. Cause the volume is what's going to accumulate the load, accumulate the stressor, accumulate the central and peripheral muscle fatigue. So as we look at that model, the intensity is going to stay moderate to high to help keep increasing performance, but the volume is extremely low. When I tell people how how little volume we do, but how intense our training still is in season, they're they're shocked that our guys still increasing their strength and power in season. Yeah, and and, and that's you know you've got all these different philosophies, I guess. Of uh, you know out of season you got to bulk up, and in season you've got to maintain. And it, and it's kind of one of those things, like you're saying, is if there is no – if you've got a kid who plays football who goes straight into basketball and then goes straight into baseball, I mean, there is, the out-of-season is the summer, but now during the summer they're they're probably playing some type of AAU or some type of travel. Yep. So they're, in essence, they're a, a year-round athlete. And yep. uh, sometimes I think they get in their minds that I, I don't have time to lift because if I lift now I'm going to be sore for this or I'm going to be – store for that and I try to explain to them you know when you take an extended amount of time off and you come back you're, you're going to be sore that's just kind of yep. the way I think things work you know like when we start school August 17th and we, we're starting to go with just the bar in our weight room guys you're going to be sore the next day because Without you haven't question. done it yeah yeah and so I, I think you know getting them over that part of it is a little bit of the Stressor, and I believe kids need a break. I mean, they need their bodies definitely need breaks you know, mm -hmm. from time to time yep. when you build that in. So yeah, yeah. And, and, and if you just look at when you just look at the NFL, right? Their longest time with their strength coach is in season. And now going back to your model with a three sport athlete, say you don't, you know, if you don't have a good enough relationship with the kid to, you know, make sure he gets to in one or a uh, couple training sessions a week, depending on his schedule. Now that kid's gone eight months without training. Or with with suboptimal training. So how far is he going to be behind June first with your first summer workout? 
I mean, it, it's paramount to the success of the individuals. And our guys actually got stronger in season. I don't really believe in this maintenance stuff. You know, Max Schrank can be yeah. 30 days yep. plus or minus five. So we focus on speed and power in season. Speed is the quality that diminishes after five days plus or minus three. So if you're not sprinting every two to eight days, you're going to decrease your speed. So just understanding the residual training effects allows you as a coach to optimally pick and pick and place that that proper dosage in season. Yeah, and I think that that kids are getting advice from a lot of different outlets right now. You know, I mean, it, it's a it's a you know it's my speed and agility coach or it's my hmm. uh, my pitching coach or it's, yeah, I mean it's it's those guys. And I think sometimes they're getting you know the advice. And I and I always go back to the thing and I always say. You know, guys, I, I, you're not paying me to be your strength coach. I mean, I'm your strength yep. coach because that's that's my job. So I'm going to try to do what I feel like is best for you all over. You know, you're you're paying a guy to to help you get faster and get more agile. So obviously, he's going to tell you something different because you're paying him. And if you don't get the results, then you're probably not going to go back to him. He's not going to stay in business. So yep. you know, that's that's one of those. Uh, I think as a, you know, and we get, tra- we get trapped in that as, as coaches and we get trapped in that as kids right now with, you know, we're so, we're, we're in a bad time where we're so specialized about things mm-hmm. and we've got to do this and I've got to do that all the time. And, you know, I, I think I, I agree with you. You know, it's, I, it's funny when I look up on social media and they, they said this kid was, this kid was drafted or the top 15 guys that were drafted played multiple sports and they did all these different things. And now you're hearing, you know, kids say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to quit basketball and I'm going to quit baseball because all I want to do is football. And I'm like, no, that's not mm-hmm. the best thing for you. I think the best thing for you is getting out there and competing. And like you said, working on those different, uh, you know, drills, basketball. I, I love, I would love for all my kids to play basketball or wrestle. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. just, you know, those are two good things that go really together and then turn around and track and baseball and play as much as they can, you know, because I think, uh, you know, going back to that point where you're just a kid one time and, you know, before long, uh, you know, whatever you're playing is not going to last forever. You know? Yep, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, speed and agility. You mentioned that, uh, you know, speed is something you got to obviously keep, you know, uh, keep on top of. You can't just do it in the off season and then drop off. So what are some, uh, some I guess, tips or tricks that you guys use or that you feel like uh, – something maybe you guys uh, have going with speed and agility. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a topic that I can really nerd out on here. But what I see most, <laughs> most, what I see most um, butchered in this, in this regard is the rest intervals. So coaches will, will say, okay, let's run gassers and 53 yards and back. And, you know, you're, you know, training for 19 seconds and then resting, you know, 19 or whatever double that is um, 38 seconds. And then, you know, I always ask coaches, I'm like, when was the last time you saw a player in a game run 53 yards, touch a line, and then run back? And they're like, okay, never. So then why are we training that quality, right? <laughs> and, and, and you get, sometimes you get, oh, general fitness. Sometimes you get mental toughness. Sometimes you get, that's what we did when I played. And it's like, that's not good enough. If we're, if we're really going to, if we're really after human performance and we're really in it for the guys, um, that's not good enough. So, Rest, rest, rest is the biggest thing for speed. Like, I don't think Usain Bolt runs his 100 meter, jogs back, and then runs it again, right? He's going to rest yeah. 10 to 12, 15, 20 minutes, right? So sprinting is the, the most taxing thing your entire body can do. You're asking the, the human body to go 
you know, for, for a elite sprinter, you know, 12 meters per second. And people do this stuff with the tendos in the weight room measure and bar speed. And it's like, oh, we're spotting at 1.5 meters per second. Well, you know, sprinting 12 meters a second for an elite sprinter. So what qualities are we trying to develop? We're trying to develop true speed. Then let's make sure we're resting. Our, our rule of thumb would be one minute for every 10 yards. And that gets a lot of coaches anxiety because it, it looks yeah. like guys are standing around almost, right? One big 30 yard sprint. That's a three minute rest. So we'll yeah. always, we'll always make sure that rest is built in. We'll do mobility drills in between. We'll have discussions. We will, and, and something a sport coach could do is go over, go over, um, on the whiteboard, right? Do some technical, tactical, um, schematic drills or not drills, but conversations, right? And for us and our staff, we're having conversations with guys, queuing them up, making sure they understand the goal of the day when we're training speed. So that's always the biggest um, thing that, that we fall into as coaches because we get excited and we want to see guys grinding, right, in air quotes. And oh, they're yeah. not drenched in sweat. They're not uh, working, right? Um, yeah. So so that's always the biggest the biggest takeaway from speed training is you got to rest. No, nobody broke a PR in the in the in the Olympics when they were fatigued or drenched in sweat. Um, yeah, so that, that's I, I remember thing. the I remember the first time I saw that part, you know, because like I said, you know, uh, I started coaching high school in '92 and, and and playing, you know, and it was just line up and go, 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 yep. go. You know, the word you uh, you use air quotes on grind. Oh, you know, I, I always tell my guys if it's a grind, that means you don't like to do it. Yeah, I can't. I can't stand the word. We're, we're, we're going to go out there and we're going to grind today. Well, no. I mean, if I'm having to grind, that's something I really probably don't enjoy doing. Let's go out there and let's let's enjoy what we're doing. But I remember the first time I saw what, what you're talking about was okay. It's a 40 yard sprint, and now we've got to have a three minute rest. I'm thinking to myself, hold on now. What 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 sense does that make? But the more you get into it you're getting more out of the kids you're getting those bad habits out of it plus you're 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 also getting their best effort yeah you know if if i go out to my guys and say hey guys we're going to run you know 10 110s today well i might oh, get gosh. a good one at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> and then all right this is the last one you know i mean it's just it's it's yeah. almost like you're you're sitting there and the next thing you know with that built in, you, you have all that rest time built in, but you, you get those kids that are like, hey, I need to go to the bathroom, I need to do this, I need to do that. Well, that tells you right there they need the rest. You know, yep. They need some of that, that time off, you know, because uh, I, a funny story, when I was in middle school, we used to, uh, our football coach was there for probably 30 years, and, and we used to, the first day of practice, everybody had to run a mile. And I just thought <laughs> to myself, you know, here I am, in the eighth grade and I've watched a lot of football and I've never seen a kid break out in the middle of a football game and run a mile. Yeah. And I'm like, and, and why, why are we doing this? <laughs> and let's look at performance, right? Like, would you take the corner who runs a four, six in, in high school or the guy who runs a four, the corner who runs a four, nine, but can run, you know, the best mile time, right? The, the answer is obvious. <laughs> what, what we're after is speed. So if you, if you coach, if you run a four, six, and I run a four nine. Does it matter how in shape I am? You're still catching right. the ball against me. So that's why yeah. speed is so important in this game. And and we always see guys with like the the term we're talking about, the grind and conditioning. We got to be fit. If if all my guys run faster than all your guys, we don't need to be fit for the fourth quarter, right? Like uh, it, it's yeah. so you know understanding this dynamic and it's a cultural shift is what it is because we've been taught and trained 
as coaches, you know, they got to be drenched in sweat and working hard. And it's like, we can improve quality. What adaptation are you after, right? If we're after getting fast, that's not – the tire's not the goal. Adaptation's the goal. Right. And I, and I think that's – that's it's, it's neat seeing everything go in that direction now as opposed to, like you said, just going out and running 40s. You know, we, we try to break things down and say, okay, today we're going to do an agility day. We're going to work mm-hmm. on change of direction. We're going to work on – you know, getting your head around, getting your body around, how you how you go from, uh, you know, a, a back pedal to going forward. How do you go from a sprint to turning and going the other way, you know, and then try to bring in speed later on another day. So yep. try to work those things out together. And plus it doesn't, you know, I mean, you know, what's your, what's your most missed day of practice? I mean, your most missed day of practice is going to be every Wednesday when every kid knows, okay, it's summer workouts. We're doing 110s today. Well, you're going to turn around. You're going, it's going to be like, all right, guys, we got 15 kids missing. And the next yeah. day, they're all going to be back because you're working on agility, you know? And so yeah. It's just, it's, uh, it's the diminishing returns, you know, what you get out of it. You know, I've, you know, I feel like, uh, getting your kids in shape again, uh, like you said, can be done through practice. It can be done through things that are, that are smart and kids need, they need time off. They need time to talk. They need time to be, you know, this is why we're doing the things that we're doing, you yeah. know, and plus we, we don't have to worry about bad reps. You know, yeah. we don't, and, you know, people get bad reps and you get bad reps in a hurry. I don't want to do that. Without question. And what you emphasize gets prioritized, right? If you emphasize being in shape, you know what those guys are going to do on their own? Run countless miles. If I emphasize speed, guess what they're going to do in their off time? They're going to sprint. So now you've created yeah. a team that's in really good shape, but they're all slow. Okay, and then people yeah. people have success with these models because despite, not because of their training tactics, they get genetically gifted individuals and, you know, they run them into the ground. And it's like, what if we take that genetically individual and then increase his ceiling for speed a little more? How dangerous yeah. could we be as coaches? Yeah, um, you know, um, we're talking a little bit about, and I know we don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, uh, dynamic versus static stretching, I think that's a big a big thing mm-hmm. now. What do you, what's your feeling on that? On yeah, and, and to not get super nerdy about it, dynamic before, static after. Um, I yep. think static yep. static stretching is kind of glorified, um, you know. But you know, it, it's it's not. If you if I have eight NCA hours, you know, I'd be lying if I said okay, two hours we're going to spend on stretching. Like there's a lot of KPIs for for performance. So just understanding where each fits in your program, right? So understanding, okay, we want to shift from sympathetic to parasympathetic. Let's get some static stretching or some belly breathing post-training so we can start stimulating the recovery process. That's all great. But if you spend 45 minutes um, a day on it, you're not going to adapt to much. Um, so right, so right. It, it, like anything, it depends. Um, but a quick rule of thumb, dynamic before, static after. You guys, do you guys roll? Do you do some of that? I know yeah. So a bigger, a bigger thing so now. I, yeah, so I actually just posted about this on my Instagram. So understanding um, when we look at, you know, sprinting or let's talk about your install, you have a periodization model, right, for squats, for sprints, or your install. You're not going to install the, the most complex play in your offense day one. You're going to impl- implement power. You're going to implement ISO, right? That's like high school one right. You're going to implement the basics yep. and then progress. So, you know, the specific adaptation and imposed demands, your body's going to adapt to what you place on it. So out of season, if you're doing a ton of foam rolling, a ton of stretching, you know, you're paying for cryo, not at the high school level, but, you know, you're doing massage therapy, um, your body's 
get babied almost, and you're not going to be able to recover on your own. So when you use those modalities in season, they're not going to be as effective. So when we look at it, we want to properly time and periodize our recovery protocols. So I want in, in the early off season, I want to give the body stress and I want it to adapt on its own. And then as we progress in season, really utilize those recovery modalities to get a lot more bang for our buck because those guys, you know, if you're in the, if you're in the Normatec um, recovery booth, you know, seven days a week, they lose their, <laughs> they lose their value, right? It's not going to be as effective right. um, on day 21 in a row than it does, you know, twice a week in season only. Yeah, and I still think, uh, you know, one of the biggest things we have a hard time with in high school is is teaching kids to stretch, teaching kids recovery. You know, um, you, you can lift, you can do those things, but kids, you know, we, we we try to spend a lot of time with our kids talking about proper nutrition, the yeah. proper things you can do to recover, and, you know, just something as simple as sleep that, that oh, adults <laughs> realize. Yeah, adults realize, and then you have kids that don't realize it's like, guys, you're hindering your recovery by the yeah. things that you're doing there. You know, And everybody uh, wants to go to GNC and get the supplements, right? You sleep 8 to 10 hours. You, if you sleep 8 to 10 hours, you eat 8 servings of vegetables a day, we'll talk about supplements. Until you get those two down, <laughs> we're, not, we're not having that discussion because it's the most overlooked yeah. and, and lowest hanging fruit, and it has the biggest implement and it has the biggest effect on, like, you can have $500 in supplements from GNC. If you sleep four hours a night, it's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It was funny. I had a kid who uh, played for me, and and he was uh, he's at uh, just graduated from uh, West Virginia, and he came in and he brought me his workout book. I just love looking at him, and like you said, kind of nerding out on that stuff. Just seeing was different, but he had a positive and a minus scale, and it was really neat. The the biggest thing on the plus and minus scale was number one was sleep. Yep. And then at the bottom, at the bottom minus, you know, so, so eight hours of sleep is, is this many points. Okay. And it was like, this is funny because like alcohol was obviously oh, a minus, yeah. you know, and, and, Big and, and I'm looking at, it, I'm going, yeah, I'm going, all right. So look at these things to sleep. And, and it was like, well, a massage is this many points. It's a plus. An ice bath is this many points. It's a plus. And he said, now all that stuff depends on when I do it. You know, I'm not doing ice baths and massages out of the season, you know, so yep. that, that kind of brought that back home and made me think a little bit about that. But, uh, and he said, he said, the biggest thing we, we, that we talk about all the time is sleep and nutrition. You know, we talk yep. about, and they can control, you know, in college, you can control more what kids eat. You can control mm-hmm. more of that stuff too. So, uh, you know, I, I had kids walking up to the practice the other day saying, this is the earliest I've been up in so long. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, and you probably went to sleep about four last night. Yep. You know, and, you know. and so that's you got to get back into that. And and us as coaches too, we we preach it, but a lot of times we don't practice it. And when you start to understand how the sleep impacts the brain, you as an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, you're not going to make as effective decisions if if you don't get proper sleep the night before, the night after, right? So your film study, yeah. like it all comes into play, and it literally has a cascade of benefits physiologically, hormonally, um, education-wise. It's incredible, and people take advantage of it. People don't take – they take it for granted, uh, unfortunately. So that's, yeah. that's huge for us, too, and it's, it's every day. It's reminding them every single day how important it is. Well, I need to start sending my coaches home. On, you know, we do JV on Thursday night, so I need uh-huh. to start sending my coaches home a lot earlier on Thursday night so they can get in the bed, it sounds like. 
Like we're ready for that varsity game on Friday. Yeah, I'll, yeah, exactly. I'll tell them, guys, I'll, I'll stay and do the laundry. You guys go home and go to bed. So that's the, yeah, you know, that's yeah, your signal callers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I need you guys to be fresh. The rest of you guys, y'all stay here with me. <laughs> we'll do yeah. some of this work. So yeah, that's pretty good. Well, coach, anything else you, you, uh, you can think of that, that, uh, that you want to tell? Like I so said, we, we do need to get back together again and talk about uh, you know, I am a, I am a practice schedule geek. I mean, I'm yeah. just, I, it's, it's kind of funny. I was talking to my coach that day and he said, why don't we try to perfect the practice schedule we're on now instead of looking for other practice schedules? And I'm like, man, I'm just always looking. I'm always trying to figure out what's, you know, how we can get a little bit more time or a little bit less time or a little bit more effective. You know, how can we do these things and get them, you know, get them involved? And, uh, so yep. that's definitely something we need to, uh, we need to talk about soon. So, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, and, and I'm open to anybody getting in touch with me. So, um, okay. email, you want to, yeah, you want to share your contact information there? For yeah. Everybody? Yeah, for sure. And then, so I'm not a big social media person, but I've actually, my buddy's wife downloaded it for me, uh, during quarantine. <laughs> so I, I am pretty active on Instagram. It's just Tucker Mike 43. Um, I'm really active on there. I respond to DMs, questions, and if you don't have that, um, you know, my email is michael.tucker at villanova.edu. So pretty simplistic, um, pretty simplistic names there for you guys, but, um, I'm really open to what we do, how to help, because I think it, it's super important just to continue to keep the conversation going if we're really in it for the athletes. So anybody wants to reach out, my Instagram or, uh, my email, feel free. Well, that's good. I'm already trying to figure out how I can plan a, uh, a trip up there during the off season and, and sit down and, and do some talking and watch you guys work out. And, you know, I think that'll be good. Uh, always, um, looking to learn. We're, we're blessed at our school. We have a really, really good, uh, guy who does the strength. He played, played football in college and he really, really cares about the, the recovery part. And I, you know, told him I was talking to you. So he'll be, he'll be fired up to listen to this too. So, uh, yeah, uh, that'd be great. That, so. Yeah, yeah, available anytime, but, open but, door policy. All right, outstanding. Well, guys, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the podcast today. And uh, if you have any questions or or, or ideas about topics, uh, please feel free to reach out to us. Our, our Twitter is at FBCoachesCorner uh, or email us at FBCoachesCorner at gmail.com. You can visit our website, which is footballcoachescorner.com. Uh, we got video scout checklist on there, guys, game planning templates, all kinds of free downloads access to every podcast, including the one that's uh, one today. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review. Uh, if you have any interest of, uh, you know, being on our uh, podcast, reach out to us, guys. We'd love to, uh, you know, know about topics and love to talk about a lot of different things. Uh, you know, today's, I think today was a, a great topic for us to have, something we have not had on so far. So I'm looking forward to getting some feedback again, uh, you know, from that. And, uh, I'd like to thank Coach again for, uh, you know, taking time out and uh, sharing his knowledge with us. And uh, thanks again for listening. Until next time, continue to coach with pride, passion, and a purpose.